Thank you for tuning in today. We believe that the word of God is designed and has the ability to radically change your life. This series, Think Rich, Live Wealthy, is designed to change the way you think concerning finances and the life that you're living so that you can enjoy everything that God not only has promised for you, but everything that he has you living in today. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the message. Well, if you would join hands, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you praise. We give you honor. We thank you, Lord God, for the power of your word to transform our lives, to transform our thinking, Lord God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are present to bring us clarity, understanding, and enlightenment of the Father's word. We thank you, Lord God, as a result of us hearing your word, that we will find our relationship with you growing and increasing and strengthening. Father, we thank you that our eyes of understanding are open. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God, that we're here to receive all that you have for us today. And I thank you, Lord God, that as we receive, I thank you, Lord God, that things will begin to change in our lives because that's what you said your word will do. Thank you for the refreshing that will come this morning as well, Father God. And we give you all the praise and the honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. course, we're continuing in our series, uh, Thinking Rich, Living Wealthy. Uh, and <clears throat> I'm excited about all that God wants to share with us. And um, again, I believe that foundational things must be laid. And sometimes when you lay a good foundation, then you can build quicker than if you have to lay a foundation, tear it up and build it again, or, or you don't complete your foundation. So our foundation, for me, uh, as it comes to living rich or thinking rich and living wealthy, has to be the foundation that God is our Lord, that God is our God, and we see him as a source of all things, and we don't put anything else before him. So this morning, we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to... Um, start at verse 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 6, because I believe this is the place where God wants us to live. He says, but this I say, this is in the King James, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So God looks at the hearts of men, and he knows when you're trying to manipulate him or trying to get something from him uh, in, <laughs> in a wrong manner, let me put it that way, because again, God blesses us according to what's happening in our hearts. He says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things. Now, this is a place where God really wants us to be. He wants every believer to be sufficient in not some things, but all. He wants us to be sufficient in all. He says, as it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he hath gathered, given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth uh, forever. 
God wants us in a place where we can abound. God wants us in a place where we're self-sufficient, that we don't require any aid, but then we're able to give to others and give them aid. That's where he wants believers to be. He wants us to be in a place of uh, excess to the amount where you don't just take care of what's going on with you, but you take care of what may be happening in someone else's life. So in order to live the life that God wants to live when it comes to prosperity, we have to learn to be gracious people. We have to be people who want to help other people. That is our desire. Not that is, uh, let me use this as a key to get more stuff for myself. That's not where God wants us. Also, God doesn't want us at a place of complacency. He doesn't want us at a place where we make a decision that I have all that I need and, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm, 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 I'm okay where I am and uh, I... Uh, I don't really need God for anything. And let me say, and when I'm, what I mean by this is sometimes when people get what they think is enough resources to take care of all their needs, then they slack off when it comes to God. They make a decision, whether it's a, I sat down and I said this, but they, they become complacent. They start walking in the middle of the road. They're not, they're not against God. They still like church, you know. And um, they, they, they still, you know, pray for some people. Um, they're not at a place where they hate God. It's not the opposite. I hate God. And I, but Christians have to be careful that you don't walk in a middle road where you're not uh, uh, pursuing anything. You're just kind of comfortable where I am. I'm taking care of my stuff. And I can give a little bit here, a little bit there. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not pressed to do anything. And we're going to look in Revelation chapter 13, excuse me, chapter 3, because this is where this group of people are. And God had a little bit of a problem with this. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 14, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 14. And we're reading this out of uh, New King James. And it reads, and to the angel of the church of Laodicea. Now, this, the meaning of this word is human rights or self-righteousness. So here a message is being sent to the church or written to the church or given to the church. And it says, these things says the amen. I like that, the amen, the faithful and true witness. This, this is what the amen says. And then I want to just give you a little background on the amen because that's who they're calling God here is the amen. So we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 65. So we're going to stop in little places while we read uh, revelations here. But in Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 16. Let's read this out of the Amplified as well. Isaiah chapter 65. Let's go back up to verse 14. 65 verse 14. Make sure I have the right scripture here. Yes, I do. 
verse four, well, verse 15, he says, and you will leave your name to my chosen, to those who will use it for a curse and the Lord will slay you, but he will call his servants by another name as much greater than the former name as the name Israel was greater than the name of Jacob. So he's talking about a transition and something else starting to take place in history. And it says in verse 16, so it shall be that he who evokes a blessing on himself in the land shall do so saying, may the God of truth and fidelity, the amen, bless me. He said, if you get blessed, if you're going to talk about getting a blessing, then this need to be, we need to make sure that we're saying it's what God did, not what someone else did. So he says, says the amen. He says, the amen bless me. Anytime you get blessed as a believer, you need to be saying that it is the amen, the God of truth, the God of fidelity, the God I can trust, the God who has a covenant with me is the one who blessed me, not me myself. He says, and he who takes an oath in the land shall swear by the God of truth and faithfulness to his promise, the amen. Because the formal troubles are forgotten and because they are hidden from my eyes. So he's talking about a time like what we're living in now, the time of grace. He says that you're forgiven. He says that I don't count anything against you. He says, but you're going to have to give me the praise for the blessings that you have. It's not you who's doing it. It's the amen. <laughs> and when we, look at, when we look at that, he's talking about us seeing God as the source of our supply. That's what all believers need to say. God is my source of everything that I have. I'm not doing this on my own. I know I actually worked the job, but God gave me the wisdom and the knowledge to work the job. He opened the door so I could get the position. So when we back it all the way down to the final source of it, God is my source as a believer. It's nothing I acquired and I attained upon my own, but it is the God of truth who has done this. It's the God who is faithful to his word that has done this. It's the God who tells the truth about who he is, is the one who put me in the place and the position that I am in. And we call us, call him the God of truth. Amen. You know, let it be so. Let it be done. The God of the amen. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 because it gives us uh, here in the New Testament, it talks about the same things. And we say this all the time. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 in the Amplified, it says, for as many as are the promises of God, they, are all find, they all find their yes answer in him, in him Christ for this reason we also utter the amen we all utter what amen. yes it's the amen that did this he said many are the promises and who's going to bring this to who's going to make this happen the amen the faithful God the truthful God the God who keeps his promise is the amen Who's going to make the promises come to pass? Not me make the promises come to pass. Not me force him into it. He says, but the amen is the one who's actually going to bring these things to pass. So let us go back to Revelations. Let us go back to Revelations chapter uh, 3. Again, we're reading this out of the New King James. He says, and to the angels of the church of Laodicea, 
I write these things, saying the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works. This is what he's saying to them. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. You're not, one, you're not on fire and you're not cold. You're just kind of hanging around in the middle. I'm kind of complacent, God, where I am. I'm not really pushing for anything. I'm, you know, I'm satisfied. And he says here, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because listen to what he says, because you say. See, God wants to increase us, but he don't want us saying some stuff. God wants to, the amen wants to bless us, but he's got to make sure that our foundation is right and we're not just going for the stuff. Because money, things give people a false sense of security. People think if I can just get enough money, I'm okay. I heard someone say once that um, if money can solve the problem, it's not really a problem. That's right. Because all you need is money. Amen. He says, because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and I have need of nothing, and do not know that you are, look at what he said, wretched, Miserable, poor, blind, and naked. He said, you don't realize the state that you're in because you think everything is okay because I have money. You think everything's going to work out for my good if I have more money. And a lot of people think, you know what, I'd have more peace if I just could get just a little bit more money. Things will work out better for me if I just had a little bit more stuff. I, I, you know, I, it would be so good if I could just go in the mall and just buy whatever I want because then I think I would be happy. If I could just get that car, you just don't know how that will satisfy me. But it's all short term. It's all short term. And God is saying that I want you to have this, but don't you replace anything with me. He said, but money can make you feel pretty good. It'll make your emotions, you know, I, you know, you walk a little taller. I believe Grace to say the happiest day and the sad day for some people is payday. I'm happy when I saw the money go in the bank, then I get sad when it flows out of the bank. So you see, money is only satisfying for a short time. Things are only satisfying for a short time because if that's your pursuit today you want this car but later on you want another one then later on you want another one or the newest things coming out so actually it's insatiable you're never satisfied when the foundation is not right and God's not going to put us in a place where we're not seeking him see because no matter how much you accumulate God still wants you to see him as the source that's right of it all. God wants you to not see it as it's my possession. God says, I've given you all things richly to enjoy. He wants us to be what we call blessed. See, that's what we call blessed. I'm blessed if I can get stuff. 
God said, that's not why you're blessed. You're blessed because of me. Because I'm in your life. I'm the one who blesses. I'm the one who gives peace. I'm the one who gives joy. I'm the one who's, who, who's supposed to be your security. You're, you're putting something in my place. And God doesn't like for the Bible says that he is a jealous God. And he is a jealous God because the price he paid through Jesus Christ to get us where we are, and then we start looking at another direction, God's like, wait, whoa. I paid a heavy cost. And I wanted to do it to free you up and make you whole again. He said, but I don't ever want you to put anything between me and you because I'm the true source. I'm the true source. You know, you hear, I'll read in the word where he talks about, um, I own a cattle of a thousand hills. And when you read that account, he talks about, he says, you know what, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you. And so as believers, we got to make sure that we get focused on the right things. Because when we hear prosperity, when we hear rich, when we hear wealthy, our natural minds could take us to a place where all we want to do is accumulate stuff. And do you know that everything that God brings into our lives is just a tool for him to reach other people? He sees it as a tool. We see it as power. We see it as strength. We see it as might. And listen, to a degree, that, <laughs> that's the way it, it, it is in the fact that money is used to barter. But let me tell you something. If someone made a decision, whoever the days are that determines what something is, can decide that white stones with blue dots is the way we're going to barter with each other, then what becomes of your paper? So now everybody's searching out mining for white rocks with blue dots because now that's the thing that will get me what I want. God is saying, I can get you what you want with your out you buying into the world system. And what I'm, I'm not talking about moving and saying, you know, I don't want any more money. I'm just going to sit in my house and wait for God to, to bring it to me. Somebody going to knock on my door every day and just bring me food. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about us truly looking at God being our source of everything that we need. I said this once before. It's interesting how uh, uh, people look at money and wealth, especially in America. Because if I walked up to somebody and told them that, you know what, I'm going to pay all of your bills for the rest of the year. I'm going to pay all of your bills, every, you know, just everything. I'm going to pay all of your bills. Do you know that person would not consider themselves wealthy? <laughs> Seriously, when you, when you think about what we, when we say wealth, If someone came to you and said, I will pay every one of your bills for the rest of the year, and you don't have a job, I'm going to buy your groceries, I'm going to take care of your food, and you don't have a job, you can't seem to find a job, and someone asks you, 
uh, if they were, if you were wealthy. You know what most people will say? No. You know why? Because I don't see dollars in the bank. That's right. Because I, I don't have no money in my pocket. Even, even if I just followed you, shadowed you everywhere you wanted to go, and you said, you know what? Man, I'd like to have a smoothie. And I said, I got it. <laughs> boy, boy, I really want those shoes. I'll pay for them. And you ask them, are you wealthy? No, you wouldn't say. You know good and well you wouldn't say. Some people are like, yes, I say it. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. That is not what you say because we relate wealth to money. We relate security to That's how the body of Christ gets in trouble. Because if that's, if you're saying that God is saying, I'll supply all your needs. I'll make sure you have everything you, that, you, that, you, that you need. I, if God's saying all this to us, but you think it's got to come by money, then what you've done is elevated money yes. above God and determined that God's not my provider. Money is my provider. God is not my security. Money is my security. God doesn't, doesn't make me uh, uh, significant. Money makes me significant. The car makes me significant. The clothes make me significant. The vacations make me significant. That's what he's talking about. He said, you, you, you say, you know, I have all these things and I have, you know, no need of anything. He said, you don't realize that you are so poor and you are so broke and you're so wretched. Because as believers, I'm not talking about the world. As believers, we've made a decision that wealth comes from us having material things. And so, therefore, what happens? James. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. And verse 1, he says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desire for pleasure that war in your members? He's talking about what's going on with you eternally. You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. He said, you ask he said, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss. That word amiss means uh, sick, sickly. Your prayers are sickly. They, 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 they're, not, they're not rich, robust, but you, you do it based upon a sickly perspective as a Christian because you think your worth is in the stuff that you get. And God is saying, no, I'm the significant one in your life. I'm the one who said I'll provide for you. I'm the one who said I'll take care of you. I'm the one who gives you the desires of your heart. I'm that one that I'm wanting you to look to. He says here, again, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Then he says, adulterers, adulteresses. Isn't that great? Male, female. <laughs> 
Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity to God? And what he's talking about, the fact that you, you, you cuddle up close to what the world says make you significant. You cuddle up close to what they say make you look good. And you cuddle up close to their ideas and their thoughts of what true wealth is. You cuddle up to their ideas. He says, uh, another translation says, you flirt with the world. You flirt with the world. In verse 5, he says, Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? He said, the spirit, God's spirit that he put on the inside of us is jealous when you pay more attention to those things than to him. Again, we're not talking about being extreme and, and you know what, I'm going to go burn up all my money. I'm just, he's not talking about that. He's talking about the position that you put those things in should never be elevated above God. Should never be elevated above God. God wants us to always know that he is the source when it comes to the believer. He is the source. He's the one who will make sure you get wealth. But then even in Deuteronomy, he says that when you get the wealth, don't forget. Don't forget me. Don't forget I'm the one who calls that to happen in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Let's look at First um, Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2 in verse 11. He says, beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. He said, you cannot be so caught up into material things that it wars against your spirit, yeah. that it wars against what God wants for us. He said, I want that battle going on the inside of us where our pursuit is always to get more, 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 more. That's my focal point. I just want more. I just want the ability to have everything that I see and everything that I want. I just, I just want God to, to I, just, I just want to get at a place where I, I don't really need aid or assistance from anyone, including God. Because God's desire is to bless us. God's desire is to bring us to that place in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9 where we don't need any aid or assistance, that we're able to give into every good work and charitable donation. But he says, I got to be the foundation of all of that. You got to see me as the one who's provided. You got to see me as the one who's giving you the provision. You got to see me as the one who opens the doors to, for you to walk through. You got to see me as one who gives you the favor with man. You got to see me as the ultimate source of everything that you have. I don't want you putting anything in place of that. Let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. 
Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, you know, as I was, as I was looking at these scriptures and as God was bringing them to my mind, I was like, God, what, what, what is this? What does this mean? I don't want to, I don't, I'm the encourager, God. I don't want to go in and seem like I'm spanking people or, or that you're, that you're a harsh God and that you're mad at people. And, but God is not mad. God is not upset, but God, if we are saying that I'm a Christian and I'm a believer, then what, we, what are we saying? I believe in God. I trust in God. God is my source. God will take care of me. God is the amen. Right. He's the one. And he's, he's saying, because if we don't get that right, only thing can happen to us is things can corrupt us and pull us and separate us from God. So we'll get to a place where we are complacent. We get to a place where, you know, everything is okay. It's all right. I'm not pressing to do anything other than what I'm doing. And then when you get complacent, God said, then you become complacent with him. You're not actively pursuing him. You're not, you're not uh, because of your creature comforts. You allow your spiritual life to dwarf and to dwindle into. Amen. This is what he says here. He says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? He said, isn't your life more than food? God says, I see your life more than just feeding you. I, I, prize your, I prize your life more than what the uh, uh, worldly comforts can give you. I see you as my child. I see you someone superior, not one just groping for food and what I can have. He says, I put too much in you. I put the talents and the gifts on the inside of you so you can touch other people's lives. And the only thing you're concerned about is where I live and what I eat and what I drive. And he said, that's what the world does. They're concerned about this life only. Not understanding, I just read to you, that we are sojourners. That this world is not our home for real. That there is an afterlife. There is something else coming. That's like little children that live for today. I consume everything today, everything today, everything today, not knowing that tomorrow surely is going to come. That's like a person not planning for their future. That's like a person who thinks that today is it. Well, today is not it. There is another phase coming. Yes. Hallelujah. And God is saying you need to prepare for your future. You need to prepare for your eternal life. And I know we can get very distracted with this life and we're not pursuing anything concerning God. We're just pursuing, I got to I got to get by. I got to make more. And God says, "You know what? I didn't save you so those would be your concerns." I didn't save you so that would be the primary occupation of your mind is how I can get, how I can get, how I can get. Notice how I can get, how I can get promoted, how I can make more, how I can. 
on the contrary, is receive, 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 so I can give, give, give. God said, that's the way, that's the mindset I want you to have. I want you to have a receiving from me. I receive from the amen. I receive from God so that I can give. Because if you go out and get, you get, you get, then you say it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. And because it's mine, selfish, then I'll send it on myself because it's mine. And God said, you're more valuable than that. That's a natural way of thinking. And I'm calling you to a higher place. You know, when he told the disciples, he says, I've called you to be fishers of men. I called you to go out and tell people about my love so that they can have a, a, a connection with me, so they can get involved with me, so they'll know who they are, so they'll know what their destinies are, so they'll know the things that I have planned for their lives. God's, God's plan for our life was not to come to earth and get rich with things. That wasn't the plan. And it's too much on the inside of us. The Holy Ghost, I mean. It's too much on the inside of us. Wanting, desiring, pressing us to go out and touch other men's lives in a way that it will cause them to change and bring them peace that surpasses all understanding. To cause them not to be live in anxiety, not to live in fear, not to be afraid of what the world can offer, but can stand boldly and say, I'm good with God, and God's going to take care of me, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And God will hide me from the plots of men, so I don't have to worry about what you're conniving and doing over there, because God is my God, so I don't have to live in fear. But I can stand strong, and I can be bold, and I can proclaim God, because, because you know what? If you... If we allow anything else to be God but God, we are going to coward in fear when he's telling us to stand up and be bold. Yes, that's right. We won't be able to carry it out because of what we've subjected ourselves to. So he says to us, he says, you know, is not life more than food and the body more than just clothes? And then he, he goes on, he says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He said, it's nothing to me. He said, these, he said, these animals, he said, they just go about their lives. He said, and I'm taking care of them. He said, but you're worth so much more. Yeah. You're worth so much more. You're worth so much more to me. I put, so, I, listen, I put my very self in you. I put my spirit on the inside of you. And do you think I really put myself on the inside of you so you could get another pair of shoes? <laughs> do you really think me who created the heavens and the earth and I hold everything together and I put me on the inside of you, that very power on the inside of you, so you can go get another car? He said, all this power on the is, wouldn't, wouldn't it be something if God, before he created man, said, you know what, with all this power and ability in me, hey, Jesus, how about we get some Gucci shoes? <laughs> Instead of thinking way beyond 
And again, I want you to say, I'm not demeaning having things, but God said, you got to put them in the proper perspective. See who you really are. You mean more than all this stuff. You mean more. Listen, I, I created you and put things on the inside of you that will touch people's lives and cause them to change, cause them to walk cause them to know who they are, cause them to connect with me. There is more on the inside of you, brewing on the inside of you. And you got to see it that way. And anything that I bring to you, you got to see it as a tool to gain somebody into the kingdom of God, not on yourself. Everything I give you is a tool. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Everything I give is a tool. So this is just stuff. He says, and, and I don't want you living a life like that. He says, these birds, they don't gather up and, 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 and see, we gather up because we're afraid. We gather because we're afraid. I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid of not having enough money. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid that they won't promote me. I'm afraid. It's all based in fear. And God says, no, if you make me the center if you make me the center, you'll understand that I move money wherever I want it to move. I change the hearts of kings. I, listen. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I called you to be a blessing. Yeah. I called you to be, just like I told my disciples, fishers of men. I cause you to rise above a natural level, worldly level of thinking and pursuing. I called, I called a group of people. He said, I called you by my name. Hallelujah. And then I gave you my very power to live on the inside so you can accomplish. And so that you can overcome distractions. I gave it to you so you could overcome, so you can do something that's significant in the kingdom of God. And he just goes on and just talks about how I, 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 I clothe the lilies. And he's, he's just trying to give us a comparison of the things uh, that he's done for us. He says, therefore, in verse 31, therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? He said, for after all, these are the things that the Gentiles seek. He said, for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. He said, but keep me first. Yes. Yes. Keep me first. Keep me first in everything that you do. Keep me first. Keep me first. You got to keep me first. You got to keep me first. As a believer, I got to, I got to reign as first in your life. You know and God could take you on a journey that you never imagined yourself to be on. Glory to God. Mm, mm, mm. Take us on a journey and have us accomplish things that we, we, we could, the Bible says, beyond what we could think, ask, or imagine. can bring us to a place where people will declare that God is God. But I can't have you doing it with the wrong mindset. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't invest 
more because you won't use it properly. I want to, but I can't because you don't know what to do with it. You just think it's about having your needs met. God says it's not about that at all. And when I can get a group of people who see me as all in all, then my glory will be seen everywhere. Everywhere. And that's where God wants us to be. Like I said, amen, we, we like things. And God put a lot of beautiful things on this earth, but understand that this, this ain't our home. We live like we're going to be here forever. <laughs> God says, <laughs> when you think about heaven, God says, listen, you think that stuff you're looking at is so great down here? He said, but your real home. Look at somebody say, your real home. Your real home is going to blow your mind. So don't get stuck. Don't get stuck with this. You know, sometimes when you're not exposed to stuff, you don't realize what you don't have. And so you, you, you need to, you know, broaden your exposure. <laughs> oh, listen, God wants to take us on a journey that would make I mean, make our heads spin. He wants to take us on a journey where we're touching people's lives, where people are changing, where Satan is being defeated. Yes. Glory to God. God wants to take us on a journey where we're touching the hearts of men, women, and children, and they're coming to God by the droves. God wants to take us on a journey where we see his power impacting people's lives. God wants to take us on a journey where we're seeing the, the sick healed. God wants to take us on a journey where people's minds are released and that, and that there's no more confusion. God wants to take us on a journey where people can experience his peace. God wants to take us on a journey. Glory to God. Hallelujah where multitudes come into the kingdom of God, where people are at peace and people are at rest. Hallelujah. God wants to take us on a journey. Hallelujah. And we cannot cancel our tickets because of stuff. We can't cancel our tickets because we're trying to get things. He said, you ask because you just want to you just want to peep them on yourself and say, look at me, look at me. And God said, why are you talking about look at me? It's because of me that you even have what you have. Why are you not saying look at him? Amen. Saying look at my God. And the only reason I have this is bait. You all understand what I'm saying? It's just bait. I can take it or leave it. It's just bait. Hallelujah. What I have is just to make you look. Whatever, whatever he gives me is just to make you look, whatever that thing is. 
But we can't get caught up and we determine what the bait is. The bait is a, you know, I need a six bedroom house so they can see me. No. No. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God said, I will give seed to the sower. And he says, now I'll give you bread to eat too. I give you both. But I understand as I start to bless you at whatever level that is. See, don't look at somebody else and declare and decide that what God gave them is what you need to have. Nope. Just decide what God gave me is enough to attract who needs to be attracted. What he gave me is enough to cause you to look, cause you to be curious, cause you to wonder what's happening and how did you do that? And we'll say it was the amen. Thank you for watching the message today. I pray it was a blessing to your life. Remember, you can always like and subscribe to our page and be notified when new messages are available. Have a blessed day.